Welcome into The Journey Begins Here, a five-part podcast series on the incredible stories of our Vantage Black Sticks women brought to you by SENZ. Today we speak to Olivia Shannon, uh, who didn't take the traditional route into hockey. She started later because she was playing rugby. So listen to find out what inspired her to change codes. Liv will inspire you today. Great to have you joining us. Um, I want to know, first and foremost, about this 951 Club. Can you tell us more about that? Oh, the 951, yes. So I went to a little school in Havelock North called Iona College, and um, we kind of just, we were a really small school, so I only had 300 girls there and probably two hockey teams. Um, In the first year we made Fed Cup, we came ninth, so it was the top tier, so we weren't in top tier and then got ninth, so... Did that, and then um, the next year we went back to Fed Cup, and we had kind of high aspirations, and then came fifth. And then we were like, right, like let's make the nine five one club. So one of the parents actually was like, we'll make the nine five one club before we even went to tournament. And we were like, oh no, don't do that. Like you're gonna jinx it. But then we went to tournament um, up in Whangarei, and yeah, we won nationals, and no one ever thought Iona would ever win nationals. I think having two hockey teams. And I just remember playing the big schools and they just had rolling subs and we were actually, me and a couple of the girls in the, the team, were our rolling subs was actually dropping back to defend because we just had no subs and they were rolling on five subs. And I remember I had my shoe off at one stage because I got hit in the foot and I was icing my foot and then someone else got hit. So they were running off and I was chucking my shoe back on and running back on. So, yeah, we... We never thought we would ever ever win um, a national tournament, especially only having two, you know, teams at school. So, yeah, it was massive. Like, our school was just, everyone was like, where's Iona? Where's Iona College from? And they're like, Havelock North and Hastings. So, um, yeah, it was so epic to win that. Was that, um, I know you have, you've had quite a bit of success, but was that one of your career highlights so far? You know, many people, some teams don't even make it to nationals, but to win the national title... Yeah, um, I think that whole year was a highlight for me, yeah. really. Like, I just had a massive year. and um, But especially when you're in a first 11 team or a first 15 team, you see how passionate you are when you're at school and it's only a school team yeah. and you think you're playing an Olympic final <laughs> when you're just playing a national final. But, but you're it's just a big so deal passionate. to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it was huge. And especially having Napier girls in the final as well. Like, we battled each other for years on end and... Um, we had them in the final as well. So, yeah, we were like, there's no way we're losing to Napier girls. We haven't lost to them in two years. So if we lose to them at nationals, it would just be heartbreaking. So, um, yeah, it was epic to, to come away with that win. Tell us um, about your journey into hockey because you didn't start um, and pick up a stick as a four-year-old like some no. of the other girls in your team. You started off playing rugby, didn't you? Yeah, so I was actually four when I picked up a rugby ball and wow. a hockey stick. So, um <laughs> Yeah, I remember mum always says I went to the rugby field and my older brother was playing rugby and I just what had... What club was this? This is Fielding Saturday Morning Rugby. Um, so, yeah, I was actually a one or two girl before I went to boarding school in Hawke's Bay. So, yeah, I um, picked up a rugby ball. I think I had ants on the, my pants on the sideline and my brother was playing and dad goes, all right, then off you go. So um, I think my brother was picking grass while I was running around with the rugby <laughs> ball. But, um, yeah, and it just kept happening like that, I think. Then my brother moved to under-8s and started tackling, and I was like, I want to do that. So I was six years old, and I was on the under-8 um, rugby field. And I just remember dad was like, all right, then you can go play, you can go play. And I went out, and I just got absolutely smoked. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do this anymore. But, yeah, yeah I think I was just so competitive that... I always wanted 
to win and not only that I wanted to beat my brother as well so um yeah whatever he did I kind of tagged along so. um when did the rugby sort of stop and the hockey start yeah so I kept playing so I moved to boarding school in um Hawke's Bay and then I still played rugby at home so I'd travel back it was pretty hectic I'd What's travel that back drive? yeah it was to about two hours two and a half hours so yeah, I felt sorry for my parents. So I'd yeah. drive over Friday, pick me up, then I'd play ho- rugby on Saturday, and they'd drive me back to Hawke's Bay, and I'd have rep training for hockey on Sunday. So, yeah, I was all over the show. So then it kind of came to the point where they didn't have a rugby team at Iona, so I had to kind of choose between the two and um, took the risk and chose hockey, and then that's kind of never really looked back from there. If rugby's like a rough-and-tumble game, hockey is sort of the same, right? There's a lot of contact in there. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of contact. Um, I think my first few years playing hockey, I was just a bulldozer. I don't think I had any skill at all. I Just, <laughs> just tackling of, people yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah, just charge on through. But, um, I, yeah, I always remember Kayla, when I first started playing, she always said, you've got two legs, you can run. And I was like, well... I, I can do that. I can just keep running for days on end and then the school will come when I kind of get older. Was this Kayla Charlotte? Yes, Kayla Whitelock, yeah. So yeah. when did um, when did that connection happen between you and her? Because obviously there's a big age difference there. Yes, so. there is a massive age gap. Well, I was 15 when I made under 18 Central, so um, I did that and um, kind of from there that's where I met Kayla. Um, they wanted me to play NHL, but... Um, I got told I was too young to play NHL, so that's kind of when the connection with me and Kayla kind of grew, and um, she's obviously a one or two girl yeah. as well, and so was I, so um, then I ended up playing the following year, played under-18s, and Verity Charland was our coach for under-18s, and then obviously met Kayla um, through that, and then when I got selected for the Black Six, Kayla was a massive mentor for me and, and helped me out heaps, so yeah, I'm very grateful to have someone like that in my corner as well. Coming from the rugby background, did you even know like who Kayla Charlin was, or had you did you know what she'd done in the sport? You know, I probably knew who George Whitelock was yeah. before Kayla, but um, yeah, as soon as I kind of changed, you know, and went to to hockey, I watched the Rio Olympics. And funny story, my parents won a trip to the Rio Olympics from the New Zealand team, so wow. um, they went over there and they kind of met all the parents and stuff, and did all of that. And um, mum knew kind of met Kayla's parents and everything so uh, yeah it's a really funny story so um yeah and then obviously watched Kayla and she was the first person I idolized and looked up to and then she was kind of mentoring me like three years later and I was like holy like what's going on you know like that's crazy yeah yeah so it's pretty yeah it's pretty funny even like I watched Gold Coast and stuff although Kayla wasn't playing and then like two months later I was you know trialing with them so yeah it was pretty full-on it sounds like she doesn't get enough credit she deserves because so far with everyone she's talked to, we've talked to, she's had a massive influence. Oh, yeah, hundred on the next generation coming up. Yeah, yeah she definitely has, and um, I think it's just the way she carries herself as well. Like I remember playing um, the first time I played against Kayla, I was probably year nine or something, and I came in from the wrong side and I just got yelled at, and I was like, oh, okay, like you listen to her, you know, like. Um, but you yeah. played against her in year nine because you yeah. would have been tiny yes, and she I was like a been. woman. Yes, yeah, and I just remember coming in the wrong side and I've never ever done that again, I don't think. <laughs> when she yeah, does, yeah. you listen. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, if we take a break for hockey for a moment, take us back to um, your upbringing and fielding on a farm again, presumably. Yes, yeah, yeah, another farm girl. There's quite a few there's of us farm girls. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I grew up on a farm in Waitunga West, which is half an hour north of Fielding. So um, grew up there, and I think I've got to credit a lot to my upbringing. Um, yeah. Growing up on a farm, things weren't easy. You know, you kind of had to work for everything. You, um, Dad put us to work quite a bit, especially when we were young, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah it was really good, and I like I I would not change it, you know. Like, I loved being on the farm. I was out there not so much now. Dad would be like, there's no way you're a farm girl anymore. But, really? Um, <laughs> I you still love the farm. Yeah, I know. That's what I keep telling him. I'm not a Jaffa yet. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, and I think, yeah, just growing up on the farm was huge. Like, you know, the work you do on there and, like, I've got so much, you know, aspiration and, like, you know, for farmers, they just do so much and it's crazy like I think being a high performance athlete's hard work but being a farmer I'm like it's probably just up there or even higher than that yeah they never stop working do no they? they don't yeah dad just keeps ticking over yeah. even if he's sick or anything and I'm like wow yeah so did you enjoy it what yes. did you enjoy about it um I think I just loved I've always loved the outdoors yeah. I've always loved being outside I've never been a um person to sit on my phone inside especially when I was younger um yeah. So just always being outside, always wanting to be on the farm, be on the motorbike. I actually did motocross when I was younger too. So, yeah, I was just kind of all over the show when I was younger. I don't think I ever sat still when I was younger. So, um, yeah, it was so good to grow up on a farm, especially when you've, you know, got parents that want to tire their kid out. That yeah. does has got so much energy. So, yeah, that was me pretty much. Motocross, tell us more about that. You've picked like really rough and tumble sports. Yes, but you're I obviously have. not, not one yeah. to just sit back. No, I'm definitely not one to sit back. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the motocross, I did trail bike rides first. So started with that. And I think being on the farm, we use motorbikes quite a bit. And yeah. then um, my brother obviously got into it. And then I was like, well, I want to do that too. So then I got my motorbike and, yeah, there was a lot of crashes. I feel sorry for mum. <laughs> I think mum had to injuries watch. Injuries? Yeah, oh, not too bad injuries. <laughs> I think it actually probably dad, he had a lot of fences to fix. I think there was motorbikes going through fences and everything. So, yeah, it was it was fun though. Like I had such a cool childhood and such, um, yeah, and grew up so well. So, yeah, loved it. I just imagine you and your brother just racing each other on these <laughs> yeah, bikes yeah, yeah. and that's what's causing these big yes, accidents. Yeah, yeah, being so competitive as yeah. well. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely where it came from. Um, tell us about the influence that your brother's had on you. Yeah, I, don't, I think I don't credit him enough for having um, the influence he did. Um, I think I even rushed, raced him brushing my teeth and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> Just yeah, always trying every, to keep up. Yeah, 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 everything he did I wanted to do and... Um, it's probably not so much like that anymore, but um, yeah, especially when we were younger, it was it was very much like that, right from rugby to motocross to everything. And then we kind of um, he went to boarding school when he was year seven, so that kind of then I had to kind of grow up and do it myself almost. So yeah, it was good to be like that. Well, oh sorry, um, what was it like for you going to boarding school and having like going from this farm life to this total independence? You got to look after yourself. Yeah, look, I was homesick for. Three terms, I think. Yeah. It took me a really, really long time, even going to school with shoes on. <laughs> shoes <laughs> and a uniform. We didn't have uniforms at school. I remember just rocking up to school and heels all over the show and no shoes and um, being at a rural school with, like, 30 kids um, and then going to a school from year 7 to 13 that had 300, which is still really small, but for me that was massive. And, um, yeah, I was homesick for so long, but to do that and do what I did and then have to do that again when I was 17 moving to Auckland 
it was kind of the same thing. So although I hated it for um, three terms um, in the long term, it was actually really good. So you say you were 17 when you moved to Auckland and that yes. was to join the New Zealand setup. You would have been still at school. Yes. What was that like for a 17-year-old getting called into that environment? Yeah, it was hectic. Like I just remember that whole year I think I was barely at school because I was all over the show playing hockey. I remember we had under-18s in Dunedin, we had Fed Cup in Whangarei and we played eight games in seven days or something and then I flew home and then I played NHL then I had a week off and then played NHL but at Fed Cup I got told I had a black six trial so um, Greg Nicol who coaches the men's now had a lot to do with me when I was um, younger and he coached me heaps when I was younger and he came over to me and said you've got a black six trial in a couple of a couple of months and I was like I still got to win this Fed Cup before <laughs> I think about that like I was this just is like so Olympics determined I know <laughs> yeah I was like, I still got to win Fed Cup I've got so much to do before that Black Six trial and I've got NHL so kind of just brushed it to the side and I was yeah. like I'll think about it later um so then Fed Cup happened then NHL happened and I got MVP at NHL and was quite young and then um had a week off and then had New Zealand under 21s and had a week off and then had this black six trial and I remember just rolling up and I had all had done all this hockey and I was like right like let's just go and see how I go you know and I was like my jaw was on the ground because Liv Mary's there I was like oh my gosh it's Liv Mary. Um, so everyone was at this trial? Yeah well most people were some people some people were away um, but yeah most people were at this trial and who else was there that you were just gobsmacked at? Yeah, look, I honestly probably can't remember because <laughs> I was just speechless. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I just remember because I went with my friend Caitlin. God, she got told at Fed Cup as well she was having a trial. So we both rolled up and we were just like sitting there like little kids, like, oh, my gosh, this is like such a big dream of ours. Um, and then we played and then a couple of weeks later I got an email and I was just sitting on the couch at home, scrolled through my emails looking for what homework I need to do and next minute, bang, I've got this email from Paul McKinnon at the time who was a high performance director and I read the email and I was like, mum, read this. Like, I, don't, I have not read this right. Like, mum, and then mum read it and she's like, I think you're going to have to move to Auckland soon. And then dad goes, no way, you know, old farm. And he's like, no way, you, do. you don't have a contract. So then dad grabbed my phone and dad read it and I think we read it about six times wow. to make sure it was actually true. But then after that, it was like so full on. I remember I had to ring school and be like, hey, look, I can't do some of my exams. I've got to move to Auckland. Um, yeah, it was just all go and then move to Auckland and mum came up because obviously I have no idea how to drive around Auckland. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so hectic. and then, different to yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um yeah, after that, moved up here. Mum lived with me for three weeks. I moved in with family up in Oriwa. And, yeah, it was... I just remember park, and sitting in the car park in my first train, and I just broke down in tears because I was, like... the next. I think the next oldest person was 22 or 23, so there was about six, five years between the two of us. And I just remember sitting in the car, like, I've got to grow up so fast. Um, especially missing that last year of high school I was just that's like that's the fun year yeah yeah, yeah it's if, like all my friends have got balls they've got yeah. graduations they've got all of that stuff and I just remember to mum I just broke down in tears before going to my first training I was like I don't know if I can do this and like it it was like I was so happy being there but then you're missing out on so much but yeah it was honestly once I got out of the car and I kind of like 
on in and then Megan comes over and you know what Megs is like? She's like, oh my gosh, like, hi. Aww. And then I was fine after that. But yeah, I remember I couldn't trap a ball. I couldn't pass a ball. I couldn't do anything because all of these girls who I just watched two months ago win gold at the Commonwealth Games and now I'm training with all of them. I was just like, wow. So yeah, it was, it was so full on. What was the difference in intensity coming from playing NHL and Fed Cup to coming into that environment for you? Yeah, there was obviously a massive change. I think the biggest difference was I played so much hockey, but it was never intense hockey. Um, And that was the big thing I had to kind of change. I had to be like, I don't have to do everything. Like I think I had like 10 trainings a week or something when I was at school and now I've got like one training each day and... um, but it was hard. I remember just training and then going back to the family that I lived with and just sleeping because yeah. I was just so tired. And uh, but yeah, it was it was good. Like all the girls were so amazing and so supportive. And I think being that young, that's what you needed. Was there someone in particular that really looked after you and helped you when you first came in? Yeah, um, obviously all the girls yeah. helped. Like there wasn't one particular person that helped me out heaps. They all helped me out and. Um, probably why I'm still here you know like they were just all so supportive and yeah so there's probably not one it's probably all of them that did it's an amazing story yeah (laughs) like an incredible story um an incredible few years from your last year at high school yeah um your debut oh gosh about your debut yeah it was probably a similar story um it was in January I debuted um and I got the same email because I knew the email was coming out we got sent an email saying when the selection is and when the time is. And I kind of was like, you're playing the Dutch. In my mind, that's like playing the All Blacks. If you're debuting against the All Blacks. Best in the world. Uh, Yeah, best in the world. Never lose. So I was like, oh, like, whatever, you know. It was kind of the same mentality. I went into the trial. um, So I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to pick me. Like, I'm just, I've just turned up. And then mum rang me and said, when's the email coming out? I said, oh, still an hour. And I got the email and I scrolled through and obviously there's two Olivia's so I scrolled through and I read Olivia twice and I was like I'm not sure if I'm saying this right so then I finally saw it and I rang mum back and I was like mum I'm playing next week and she was like oh my gosh no way send me the email <laughs> she wanted, <laughs> she to, wanted to check yeah. she wanted to check and your dad and yeah yeah <laughs> everyone wanted to check but yeah and then oh it was yeah it was hectic I like I just can't remember half of yeah. it because I had so much adrenaline through me and I remember the coaches pulling me aside before I played and they were like, just do this, this and this and just keep running. And I was do you like, remember okay. what they said to you? I have no idea. Yeah. It was something to do with the press or something. <laughs> it was something like, you've got to mark this one person and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah, crazy to debut against the Dutch as well. To pull on that jersey for the first time must have yeah. been like... The most incredible yeah. feeling. If you hadn't already done all of these amazing things to then do that. Yeah, and if someone told me the year before, yeah. there's no way I would be like, I'm pulling on a black jersey against the Dutch. Like, yeah. pulling on the black jersey is a big enough thing. But um, doing it against the Dutch, it was just, yeah, it was crazy. It was so full on. So we obviously, we watch you play, whether it's in real life or on the TV, but tell us what it's like playing against them. Yeah, I feel like they always have an extra five people on the turf. <laughs> like, there's just so many, like, so much going on. And, um, yeah, playing them is just, you have to be on your A game. Like, if you slip up once, they're just going to pounce on you. And I think that's something that 
like I have so much respect for them, but you can't have too much respect for them, especially in sport. But um, yeah, they are just amazing, such amazing hockey players. And yeah, like I said, it just feels like you're outnumbered the whole time because there's always a pass for them. There's always an option for them. And it's hard to cut that down when they're so good at it. It's amazing where you've come from in four years and now you're about to head off to the World Cup as well. Um, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I think the last three years, you know, being put on hold a bit is like I'm just so gutted that yeah. we because of COVID, but yeah. everyone's in the same situation, so you can't do much about that. But finally being able to go to a World Cup, like it's my first World Cup, um, is really, really exciting. We've got a new team. Um, we've got, a, you know, new coaches, new staff. So, yeah, it'll be really, really exciting. And um, we're kind of going in the underdogs, which actually can be a better thing than going and being the ones to beat or there's someone in the team that's really, really good that you have to kind of mark, you have to kind of know. So people don't know us. And I think that's something that's really, really exciting. Having the World Cup and then the Commonwealth Games, like that's pretty unique all in the space of, what, a month and a half. So, yeah. I mean, that must be pretty good as well because you've got plenty of game time. Yeah, and I think as well we've got a few warm-up games before yeah. we even go to the World Cup. So um, doing that before we head into the World Cup will be really good, especially playing a couple of European teams. Yeah. Um, playing Aussie, they play quite similar to us. So being playing a European team, you get kind of a different structure, different players, different tactics. So... That'll be really good before we head into the World Cup and then obviously have games at the World Cup, which are really, really important, but also really good lead into Commonwealth Games. What's it like being part of this team when you go on tours? Yeah, well, we haven't had too many tours, um, but yeah, being at Trans-Tasman, it yeah. was really good for the first two days, obviously, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, the team's in such a good, you know, like such good morale at the moment. Um, everyone's really excited to go overseas. Um, not many people have been overseas because we've got such a new team. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be cool going overseas with a new group and um, seeing how they gel. Talk to us about um, your unique situation. What's a typical week look like for you? Because not only are you balancing trainings and whatnot, but you're also studying as well. What does it look like? How do you fit everything in? Yeah, um, I also try to get home as much as I can. Um, so, yeah, I try fit everything in in the in the week um yeah studying distance is really good because you can do it wherever whenever which is such a perk of that so yeah. I love doing studying by distance because of that reason um but yeah training's obviously full-on like we train Monday Tuesday morning afternoons and then Wednesday we can do training whenever and then Thursday Friday mornings as well so yeah, and then just squeezing uni when you can around that and um, other things like physio or media or anything you can squeeze in around that as well. So it is really good studying distance because you can squeeze everything in. Yeah. What's the balance of um, training like on the turf and the conditioning? Yeah, I'm a big one for doing all your conditioning, obviously, before you come back. So that's in the summer. I do a lot of my conditioning in the summer and that's really helped me with... Um, my conditioning and um, like fitness testings go through the roof when you do that. Um, so yeah, and then obviously come, you can just come and focus on hockey if you do, you know, that work during the summer. Um, so yeah, it's my big thing is to do the work before you get to the turf and then you can just focus on hockey and you don't have to do that conditioning after hockey or outside of hockey. You can do that while you're playing hockey. 
What do hockey players do for conditioning tests? Like, do you do Broncos or do you do something else? We've just started Broncos this year um, and then we do yo-yos as well. So, um, How's your Bronco time? Oh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's about 4.40, so it's not great. Um, I've only done one. Um, I was went way too hot in the first one. I've never ran a Bronco before. Yeah, so you I don't think really I know. did. Yeah, yeah, I was like... Um, I think I was 43 seconds in my first rep and then blew out for the last <laughs> four. I was like, oh, well, I'll never do that again. But, um, yeah, it's all good. And how does that compare to other people in the team? Like, whereas I imagine everyone's base level of fitness is very similar yeah, in hockey. Yeah, it's about in the 440s, all the girls are around that, that yeah. pace. So, yeah, it is um, – yeah, all the girls are pretty similar. Um, I think we'll say that we're better at yo-yos than we are at Broncos at this stage. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll get used to them. I read a couple of um, your goals. You may have written them a while ago, so um, you can tell me oh what gosh. your goals are. But they were to um, become one of the best players in the world and the best goal scorers as well. What are your goals in this game? What do you want to achieve? Yeah, those obviously are two massive goals of mine. Um, I've probably changed one a little bit this year is to be one of the best under-21 players in the world. Um, We've obviously got a young group in our team as well. We've got a lot of under-21 players in our team. Um, but that was a massive one. And making it when I was 17, that's probably been the one that I'd focus on first and tick that off. And I've got one more year to tick it off. So, yeah, um, but those two are the biggest things. And I'm really lucky to have had Stacey Mickelson to look up to and train with. And she just her training is just out the gate. And then obviously have Liv Mary scoring goals left, right and centre. So yeah. having the opportunity to train with those two has been so eye-opening for me. What did Stacey teach you? Oh, and she taught me so much, yeah. just You could just sit there. I could sit there and watch her for hours, the yeah. way she trains, yeah. I just remember playing mini games and you'd just cross your fingers, cross your legs and cross your toes, you and her team, and you weren't playing against her because... <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be running in circles the whole game and you just wouldn't know how to stop it. So, um, yeah, just her skill is just out the gate, yeah. Yeah, just hope for the best, day. Eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bet you that's what your teammates are feeling like now when oh. they get you. <laughs> no way. <laughs> they don't want to come up against you. <laughs> um, 21, like, it is crazy. Were you able to have a 21st, you know, since you missed out on the final year of high school? These are, like, the milestones that people look towards. Or do you yeah. have to forgo that when you're a professional athlete? Um. Yeah, I was actually meant to have a 21st, but then obviously COVID and everything, yeah. you've got to kind of push that to a side and focus on hockey and focus on what you need to do. So um, I've rescheduled it to the end of the nice. year, though. No. Good timing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, once we have a break or something, and um, we can do that. And it would also be nice to have all the family together because I think it's a week after I get back from Europe as well. So, um, yeah, it would be nice to see all the family and all of that. But, yeah. There's obviously a lot of sacrifices you have to make and there's a lot of 21sts of my friends and school friends that I can't go to and obviously it's the same feeling. Like you just feel so gutted you can't be there and you can't be with your friends and celebrate that and that was the same feeling I had when I missed my last year of school. Yeah. Um, I guess the positive for you then is you can always come back on the fact that you now represent our country and you get to wear the silver fern. So I guess there's nothing that quite like that feeling. No way. And I feel like that's something you've got to keep telling yourself. Like you're grateful to be in this position and um, it's almost not a sacrifice that you have to, you know, like not go to those things. Like at the end of the day, you're travelling the world, you're playing the sport you love. And people 
recognise that and they say, well, yeah, she's doing that and she's not, although she's not at my 21st or she's not at graduation or she's not at this, she's actually in Europe playing hockey. So, yeah, there is obviously the high and lows of sport, but, yeah, it kind of sometimes can outweigh each other. Just finally, who's had the biggest influence on you? Oh, I could probably sit here for ages and name <laughs> them. Yeah, you listen more. Um, I'd probably say my parents, first of all. Like, um, yeah, growing up on the farm, obviously, Dad is a typical farmer, you know, pretty rough. Um, and, yeah, and then obviously Mum's probably been my taxi driver for right throughout school and everything as well. And, um, yeah, they've obviously hockey's not cheap, um, so they've had to sacrifice a lot to, for me to be able to... Um, play and do all those tournaments and all the camps and everything and give me every opportunity I can to then go and play hockey and represent my country and then obviously I've got a couple of coaches um I've got Verity who's now our assistant coach but she coached me right through the age group um groups as well and um yeah she was so supportive and she taught all of us there's quite a big group of us now that she's coached that are now in this team that um a lot around culture and you know, how to treat people in a team and how to challenge people in a team and how to take accountability, which is massive in women's sport. It's not easy to talk up and Verity does a really, really good job of making you talk up and making you speak and having that accountability. And then probably the other one I've had when I was at school was Greg Nicholl, who now coaches the men's team. Um, yeah, and he watched me play when I was probably year eight or year seven and kind of noticed me then and... Um, from then on out, he yeah he taught me so much, and he's obviously a striker. He's not a striker. That's a claim she is. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Greg obviously taught me all the tips and tricks and around the circle and how to be a smarter striker and um, how to use my ability and skill in the circle. So yeah, I have to credit him a lot for kind of having that aggressive mindset and everything as well. Well, honestly, you're an amazing talent. 21 years of age with everything that you've achieved so far. You're just going to do so much um, over the next, what, how many years are you yeah. going to have oh, in this environment? I won't be as long as Kayla, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who, who knows? knows? Who knows? We say that now, but we'll be sitting yeah, yeah. here in like 12 years' time and you'll still be playing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we could talk all day, but we'll have yeah. to do it again. But thank yeah, you so definitely. much for coming on and oh, talking to us yeah. about it. Yeah. I'm so glad that you picked hockey over rugby oh, because look at you. Some people aren't, but that's okay. <laughs> might, we'll might change. It. Might change back. Let's see how we go. Thank you so much. All the Thank very you. best. Yeah, I it. Brilliant to catch up with such a talented hockey player in New Zealand and the world, actually, Olivia Shannon. She's taking over, and we cannot wait to see what big things she does in the Vantage Black Sticks singlet. Next week, we catch up with one of her great mates, Hope Ralph.